0: Well, Brent is gay, and Kalen's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's homo superior.
1: Issue 157.5. I'm Kalen. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan.
0: I'm Adam. And I'm Brent Wingate.
1: And if you didn't hear me say .5, there's a reason why. It's because for the next several weeks, we're going to be doing two recordings a week. The first one is called Crossing Swords, and it is our X-Men podcast crossover, where we're going to have a different guest each week. Uh, This week, we had Dylan from House of X for our regular uh, issue 157. Our 0.5 issues are going to focus on non-X-Men comics, uh, comic news, and other kind of gay stuff. So you get to hear us now twice a week for the next several weeks.
2: What other kind of gay stuff are we going to be talking (laughs) about?
0: Oh, you Deep,
1: just wait. And penetrative see. sex. Oh, anal, yeah. anal, anal. And I don't mean the X-Men character.
0: Oh my God. All right. Let's get into some news flash. so Marvel has finally grasped the ineptitude of the U.S. response to COVID-19 several movies to 2021. Uh Black Widow has a new release date of May 7th. Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings is July 9th. And the Eternal, the, uh, sorry, Eternals, not the Eternal. <laughs> November 5th. What a good name change. That takes 2020, the first year without an MCU movie since 2009. Um, as far as TV goes, Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be coming out in 2021. But WandaVision, which we'll talk about in a minute, is expected to release at least one episode by the end of December. Um, you know, there was a big problem, I think, that a lot of people were talking about pre-COVID, that there's, like, you know, superhero movie fatigue. Do you think that, given that we've gotten this huge break, that there might be some long-term financial upshot for Disney when all these movies start to come back? Uh, Adam? It's going to be Christmas in
2: 2021, and it's, like, those three movies all sounded amazing. They're all going to, like, now be shifted, and people are so hungry for big blockbuster content, and they'll be... So hungry. Hopefully, when a vaccine is created, to get into a movie theater again and tell people to sit down because they can't see the screen. For but the yeah, no, I'm very. Movie theaters. What's up? For the 14 movie theaters that still exist by that point. <laughs> That's also very <laughs> true. There might not be a movie theater left. Um, yeah, no, I think it's. I think there's going to be a huge craving, and it kind of probably works out. Sadly, works out for Black Widow because I think if we were in a normal world. That would have been a very easy target, especially with a female lead driven uh, movie and sort of the kickoff for phase four to be whether or not it was gonna like pass muster for what its fans thought. But I think people are gonna have a much more, hopefully optimistic and excited sense to consume all of this content.
1: Caleb? I definitely think the, the break between phases three and four are probably going to help with the anticipation to your point, Brent. Um, I still do wonder if there's going to be a decision made where uh, whether like Black Widow especially comes out like on Disney Plus in the same way Mulan did. I know right now that's not the plan, but it was supposed to be the first foray into phase four, and then we were going to get Eternals, and then we were going to get Wanda Vision, and then, you know, Captain Falcon. Now, Wanda Vision, which we'll talk about in a second with the trailer dropping this week, um, is going to be the first foray. So... I don't know if WandaVision Vision would spoil any revelation from Black Widow or not, or they're going to have to like retool certain things. But I still, in the back of my mind, do think that Black Widow is going to come out sooner than their uh, originally or uh, the rescheduled uh, schedule that we just got, Ryan. Uh,
3: I, I think this truly changes the landscape of all MCU, honestly, because at this point, when we consume movies, and in theory, the Disney Plus shows would be basically long movies is what we're doing. Cause it's by the same uh, like it, all, all production is sort of at the same level. So I, I do think that by WandaVision coming into this and basically being before everything that we expected and seeing the next three movies, I think that means that WandaVision is such a mind fuck and like such a weird reality warping thing that it can kind of be, and its own encapsulated sort of world.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: With that said, I do think Black Widow. If the theaters are doing better at that point, this is good news for like Black Widow as the character and as the movie industry because it is going to rock it up. If if I'm crossing all my fingers, toes, everything that the movie industry and also possible vaccine will be around at this point, I think this is good news for them. And this just gives a lot of pre-planning for future projects and stuff like that. They are very active in doing other Disney Plus stuff right now. Miss Marvel is getting cast right now. She-Hulk is getting cast right now. I think the key to what to watch in the future going forward with Marvel is to watch these Disney Plus shows. Because they can do it on a more personal level, but you can get the same content. And the same production value that you would for a normal, te- like a normal movie, like a blockbuster. So I, I'm, I'm excited for this. I think it needed to happen sooner
0: because we knew this was going to happen. Honestly, yeah, I don't think that they ever really got it until now. But um, you know, none of the other production stuff has really changed. So you know, the or at least you know the the next major mcu type movie would have been the third spider-man movie which is being produced by sony and they have made no announcements about changing that and i believe that was supposed to come out at the end of 2021 or beginning of 2022
2: adam yeah i was only laughing because i was like what if they delayed this movie to take out the thank you notes to uh china's government like they did in mulan they were like you know what we got a lot of heat from that let's just clear the clear the air Make sure that people have a little bit of breathing
0: room before we release our new uh, Chinese-based opus. And as we all know, it takes six to eight months to remove a thank you <laughs> movie. Those are, those are one of those ironclad things. It's like removing a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's still kind of there. You there's
2: just yeah, there's <laughs> scribbles in the credits credit sequence. Someone just took like a pen and
0: drew over. <laughs> well, good golly, G willikers. It looks like we got our first full trailer for WandaVision. And it looks crazier than a bucking Bronco on peyote. What do you guys think? Do you think, uh, how much crazier do you think it could get? And uh, do you think it will adhere very well to the Tom King Vision series? Galen?
1: I actually, I think they're going to take elements from Tom King series, but they're going to take more from the 80s uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch miniseries that dealt with sort of the metaphysical aspects of Scarlet Witches, you know, her, her magical powers and uh, Agatha Harkness and Wonder Girl Mountain and all that kind of stuff. I think it's going to be trippy. It's going to be trippier than the Tom King miniseries. Um, and I honestly, uh, I don't know about, the, about y'all, but I geeked out when I saw Wanda in her traditional uh-huh. uh, costume and then seeing Vision in a Halloween costume uh, in his, like the traditional costume. i like lost my fucking mind. I was so happy. right?
3: I I do agree. I think uh, all the things you said are correct. They're going to lean into that. They have so many different things they can lean into old-timey sitcoms. I think they're even going to lean into House of M quite extensively. I think this whole process, this whole series, is going to become like Scarlet Witch's undoing. We've seen her become erratic, seen her become for lack of a better word, crazy, a lot of times. So I think we're going to see that. If this is all an illusion, all a vision, if you will, like this may actually like just be all like a fever dream. I'm excited to go on that journey. One note, if they don't give a Full House reference where that she is the sister of the Olsen twins, I'll kill myself.
0: (laughs) I I will kill myself. Uh, Are you excited about Catherine Hahn? being in it yes. uh she plays the lead role of mrs fletcher and she was also my favorite character on parks and rec um whose name i can't remember uh she's she's phenomenal
3: she's so good she's the so she's the dc
0: uh um
1: oh my god yes yeah, the lobbyist she's a. Uh, oh god damn it not the lobbyist whatever the name, her, name her she is
0: she's yeah. hysterical and she can also do serious very well and so i was very yeah. excited that she's going to have, like, some important role. She's going to
2: yeah.
4: turn out to be Agatha Harkness, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. A
3: thousand percent, yeah,
1: for sure.
2: Well, and we and also, also got a taste of uh, Monica Rambeau yeah. was uh, yeah. in the trailer very quickly. Um, and then I know that Randall uh, Park, as well as Kat Dennings, both as Darcy Lewis, and then Jimmy, Agent Jimmy Wu, are uh, expected to return as well. So it's definitely a... I, I'm just very excited. and I, Again, it, it's really like a great way to be an opening salvo to phase four, or like just in general with Marvel in the future that like these properties don't all have to be big blockbuster action movies. And I'm very excited to, I'm like, you know, very, very fingers crossed that it's gonna be as successful as I, as I think it is. But I'd really love for this to pay off and them to realize that they don't always have to do, you know, the generic action movie. It's a great way to get into a lot of Marvel content that they could produce on television for
0: sure. So, uh, also coming out of the trailer park is our first look at I like that. Hellstrom. Hellstrom. Uh, it features the children of Satan, Damien and Satana Hellstrom, and their mother, Victoria Wingate. No relation. Uh, should we expect a CW-type melodrama that's only good for bad dialogue, or does it actually look like there might be something here? Kaylin.
1: Uh, This show better fucking thank COVID for existing because otherwise Hulu would have yanked it faster than, I don't even know. It doesn't even look like CW. Like CW, I know we talk about that a lot on on this podcast, but like that, I I expect some kind of like campy fun. This just looks like mid-aughts boring nonsense. It's like um, Hellstrom, like The Punisher, only really works in the context of other Marvel characters. Otherwise, it is just a 70s movie trope. Um, I think, you know, like Hellstrom was introduced, I want to say like in the 70s, it was definitely, uh, you know, a reaction to movies like The Omen or even Rosemary's Baby of having the son of Satan now as a superhero and interacting with Captain Marvel, Captain America, Thor so on and so forth in the same way, Punisher being kind of a Clint Eastwood or, a uh, you know, um, a Death Wish type character interacting with Spider-Man and so on and so forth, when you remove them out of that Marvel like, you know, that that context, it just becomes super generic. And this trailer was super generic. It looked like, you know, a million supernatural type shows that we've already seen. Uh, and I mean that literally super, it looks like supernatural, but that's done. I'm sure that will be done better than this.
2: Well, Kaylin, I'm going to actually send you maybe to hopefully post on our Twitter and stuff like there's a trailer for a, I think it's called evil on CBS and it's literally the exact same kind of fucking thing, except it's like, you know, the actual devil and it's a bunch of cops trying to hunt them down. But like, it was so funny you said that because I'm like, oh my God, you're right. It's, it's like every devil based procedure or like supernatural based procedural we've ever seen before
4: it's like it's gonna be like a not fun or funny version of lucifer yes.
1: Yes. yeah yeah exactly
4: and uh, we literally saw that this has been going That still happened. that's still a series why this looks so dull i don't like that bitch's hair none of them look <laughs> even slightly <laughs> interesting enough See, <laughs> buddy, them clark,
0: alone, clark clark she cut her hair during covid
4: says <laughs> well, she needs to grow it back Chase. <laughs>
2: sorry ryan uh, yeah yeah you called crazy. me my
3: boyfriend's I name i just want to make that clear um uh with that all said i i can have that grandma that satanic grandma yes. narrate my life like, if I, if I die abruptly, have her do it, because that was <laughs> fun. I was, I was digging her a little bit.
1: Ryan, she's your drag persona.
3: Oh, my God. Age her up a few years, and then you got it,
1: honestly. Yeah. yeah. Sticky Vicky. She's, uh, you know, the bride of Satan.
2: It is. I will say that that trailer was definitely all what seems to be the pilot episode footage, which only serves to prove that I'm like, oh, my God, the rest of the show is going to be even worse than that. Yeah.
4: You got <laughs> and and you, you,
2: you that did not pull yeah. you in
4: nothing. I'm really tired of seeing shows that just have the same color all the fucking time. I don't want to see grays and like dark greens and blues and it's not I'm so fucking bored of it. I don't like that. It's not interesting.
3: I could not see shit the entire time. I was like what let me color correct like turning up the brightness always. It was so hard (laughs)
2: to see. Caitlin also
1: Another another show using Peter Gabriel's "My Body Is a Cage" like that's I feel like that is such a cliched oh this is a dark mystical show my body is I'm like okay I get it yep. find a new song you know give me the Spice Girls give me you know give me Kylie Minogue <laughs> give me give me Gaga give me something else you know gay it up.
4: John Mayer your body is a wonderland
1: that's what I was
4: thinking of right
2: exactly
1: no that's bad moving on.
4: Well, this is a bad show, so why can't I have a bad song? <laughs> yeah, do, do that. Do a
0: dark cover of "Your Body Is a Wonderland." Yeah. your body is a wonderland.
1: Guys, guys, we the post. production
0: studio is like we quit. We're just we're putting on John Mayer and we're using the bad TV show filter. <laughs> All right. So, in case you weren't aware, former WWE wrestler and alleged actor John Cena will be playing <laughs> oh. people in the upcoming James Mm. Suicide Squad movie. And Gunn has already announced that uh, Cena will reprise the role in an HBO Max series that Gunn is set to write and direct a few episodes of. Is this exciting? Is this weird? It's supposedly in the works, so we (laughs) can make this all right. This might be stupid. Uh, Kalen?
1: Uh, I'm actually kind of excited about it because I think John Cena is – really quite talented. I think he's got really good comedic timing and Peacemaker is an absolute batshit character. He was actually the basis for the comedian uh, in Watchmen. Um, You know, when Alan Moore created all those characters, Peacemaker was a comic character from Charlton Comics, DC bought it, blah, blah, blah. Um, I did not expect a side universe of Suicide Squad, um, but I'm like, yeah, why not? I'm into it. It could be a lot of fun. I'm actually looking forward to Suicide Squad 2 uh, or whatever they're going to call it. Um, And yeah, the character could be a lot of fun, right?
3: So they've announced the cast for this and it is quite extensive, meaning it's probably going to deliver on the promises that the first film was trying to do where they're like literally going to murder bitches left and right because these are all super villains. And so they're disposable at a moment's notice. Mm. So it would make sense that this bitch would die so I'm hoping he still dies in Suicide Squad, but then we get his own series and we see maybe it leads up to or even he's a zombie. Something. <laughs> I, I want I wanna I wanna see a, a different angle on this. I w I wanna see what they could do with this. It it kinda excites me, honestly. I'm 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 pretty pumped for it.
2: You know, John Cena is a personal friend of mine, Brent. Oh. So I just, you know, you gotta be nicer to him because if he's gonna hear Yeah, it, I you know, I talked to
0: Johnny about this because we're <laughs> personal friends uh, and he's never heard of you before
3: so you guys knew each other from working out together is that right
0: no wow i did clean his (laughs) weights um i it's certainly
2: a great test of the model for dc i mean dc essentially to be like can we start they have hbo max which is essentially disney plus so it's like can you start bringing people home And I just really love that there had to be some exec that was like, they're on it. These people have 17 Marvel shows coming up on Disney Plus. What do we got? And someone's just like, "Uh, peacemaker, Peacemaker. people love John Cena. We'll just, he's gonna die halfway through the movie anyway. We'll give him the backstory nobody needed. Like, I just, it's like, it'll, I think it's a—it's—it's funny because originally I was like, why why would they do that? Meanwhile though, Marvel has already kind of had that vision. So I'm like, oh, it makes a ton of sense. Um, And then
1: that WandaVision.
2: There you Um, go. Yeah.
0: Um, so moving on, uh, the eponymous prequel series for the classic Jim Henson movie, The Dark Crystal, sadly will not be getting a second season. How do we feel about losing out on interesting power dynamics, great puppetry, and uncomfortable voiceover work?
4: <laughs> I, Very sad. I mean, it's, it was an amazing series, and I'm, I'm sad it's going to go. It, the whole concept just seems sad in general, because you know... They're all gonna die, you know. Everything they do is for naught. They're all gonna die except two, and it's like, how is this series gonna continue? Is it gonna get darker and sadder, and more and more characters are just gonna die because it doesn't get better?
0: I mean, I, I, I would still be interested in seeing it, but I'd guess... be very
4: happy. With
0: my well, for me, like
4: the, the Chamberlain's my favorite villain of all
0: time. To me, it's it's concerning because part of the reason was you know, they just didn't get as much viewership to warrant the amount of money it takes to make something like this. And, you know, like knowing that something like Sesame Street also is just like, it was a net loser for uh, a net cost for like HBO and uh, PBS before it. It's like, I, I worry that there's, it's only really big corporations that could possibly make this and then they know that it's gonna cost them money no matter what and that kind
4: of sad. What's the future of puppetry?
1: How do we get puppetry back on the map? (laughs) Pornography, porno puppets
2: oh i saw that um melissa whatever movie that like rated r puppet murder movie. puppet murder street or whatever oh, jesus i yeah. actually didn't see it because i knew it would be that bad but or
1: uh meet the feebles uh peter jackson did that in the 90s uh that's his like fucking that's a sesame street on crack quite literally his movie it's a very disturbing film i um i i, I oh go ahead ryan
3: Oh, sorry. Um, I, I, I think the only way you could make puppetry actually relevant again is if you did, like, a more realistic, maybe Yoda-esque type of show, like, maybe him on Swamp Planet, like, literally interacting. But I, I, think, I think there's something there. Like, it, there's some good stuff out there. I, the Muppets have tried so many times, and they've failed quite extensively. So, like, I, I would like to honestly see some, like, puppetry in films or maybe even TV shows or something
4: again. Yeah. most recent kind one of that just, just finished was nice. The most recent Muppets Now show. Caleb, mm-hmm.
1: K-
3: what
4: were you going to say?
1: So, I mean, I'm, like all of you, very sad that we're not going to get another season of Dark Crystal because I really, really loved it, um, that first the first season or the only season now, because I didn't have an emotional connection to the movie. Like, I remember, maybe saw it as a kid, but I didn't remember it, and I saw it again as an adult and was marveling at the puppetry, but the plot didn't do very much for me, whereas a plot for the prequel series did a lot. Uh, but it's kind of amazing that the show got made in the first place. Um, yeah. So True. It, it, it's just, it's, it's expensive as Brent, uh, Brent, as you mentioned. Two, it's incredibly dark, and I know that's in the title, but like, you've got adults who are like, I'm not gonna watch this because this looks like it's for kids. Kids start watching it with their parents. Parents are like, fuck this, this right. is too dark for them. And it becomes then like a very, uh, you know, uh, niche market for nerds like us. And there's no way to sustain that uh, for something that's so, so expensive. Well, so, th- this, these
4: series that puppetry in general, making films is time consuming as shit. Right. And these are right. people who have created every single element of the world. So they had to like make the freaking animal that walks by and make the trees and make the mud and make every goddamn thing, which takes forever. So this series wouldn't even have come out for another year, two years, maybe.
0: Yeah, just, nice. I mean, you could have done it, you know, connected to the Dark Crystal movie, probably in one season. And I, I you know, it just bums me out that we don't get that. Um, but um, moving on, on January 21st, 2021, the DC Universe app will be renamed DC Universe Infinite, and will move all of their TV and film com- content to HBO Max, and then just serve as a competitor for Marvel Unlimited and focus on comics. Uh, do you guys think DC bit off more than they can chew by trying to have comics and their own film production, or was the whole exercise kind of more worthwhile even though it failed?
1: I mean, I'm glad that we, we got it, um, even though I think it was sort of a ultimate failure, but we wouldn't have gotten Doom Patrol without it. We wouldn't have gotten mm-hmm. another season of Young Justice. I was going to say Titans, but that's only for Adam's benefit because you. You know, the rest of us didn't really, you know, weren't really fond of it, but we did watch, you know, all, all two seasons. So, I mean, it, I think it needed to happen and I'm, you know, it makes sense now with HBO, everything kind of moving to HBO Max and I'm perfectly happy having uh, a, an app that's just for DC Comics because their library is incredibly extensive. It's as extensive, if not more so than Marvel Unlimited
2: it was always weird that they had, they didn't have a real competitor to Marvel Unlimited. Like it's, it's just so odd to me. And like, it's weird that they launched as this like multimedia service when they could have done to begin with and then see to add, but
1: you know. The reason for that originally was um, DC did so well in bookstores with like, uh, you know, like Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, the Sandman series, all that stuff. Uh, and some of that's not even on uh, DC, uh, mm-hmm. um, whatever, DC Infinity, whatever they're going to call it. Um, so uh, it, that's the reason why they didn't have it. And then they ultimately have migrated most of the DC library. But like stuff like Sandman, for example, they still, it still makes so much money, like, yeah. on comiXology and on, um, in bookstores that they, uh, an online bookstore, so that they, they don't want to put it on there.
2: Well, and it was even just like there it was like dc universe was just like the baby that never needed to happen because even the animated series they never had enough of the licenses so like you couldn't watch full arcs of their animated universe which was really frustrating and yeah. so it's just like it just never I, I i just would love to see on the and, and you know the business i'm like i'm in business i'm like in the business rooms where they make deals like I just can't imagine like the thought process going through some of this stuff. And I, I'm imagining it's probably way too many cooks in the kitchen deciding what could be and what it couldn't be. And it just was like, always oh, this weird Frankenstein that or that essentially focused on comics now. It's
4: AT&T and Warner Brothers never knowing what they're doing. As you said, too many cooks that aren't actually speaking to each other. And they're just flying by the seat of their pants kind of shit and just hoping for the best at any moment and then switching it suddenly. And like, I fucking said when this thing started, it made no goddamn sense. So why is it why it existed? And then as soon as they announced HBO Max, I was like, well, DC Universe is gonna get fucking <laughs> thrown in the trash. They just don't know yeah. what they're doing ever. Yeah, they shadow HBO Max was a pile of garbage for the first three months. They're finally, I think, getting their act together <laughs> and putting everything in one place. But then they weirdly will have a movie out for two months and then get rid of it and then maybe put it back on later. I don't, I don't know. They, they don't know what the fuck's going on.
2: Executives, call Clark to your business
0: rooms today because he can consult for you for a very low. Book yeah. now for the low, low price of $399 in 520 quick, easy installments.
2: But you know that like, I do actually appreciate that, card, because if you did walk in there and you were just like, what the fuck are you doing? They'd be like, this guy's got spunk. He really knows <laughs> and has the heart of
0: our fans. Clark comes, in, Clark comes in and he's like yelling at the CEO and everyone is just shocked and horrified. And the CEO is like,
1: damn I it. like his moxie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's like the new it, VP yeah. for
1: production. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Uh, let's move on to some of the issues. Um, Kaylin. do you want to take us through? Sure.
1: Uh, if you're looking for a recap of uh, Tennis Swords Creation number 1, you won't find it in this podcast. You got to listen to our Crossing Swords uh, podcast, issue 157. So, but we do have four comics that we're going to go over today. Juggernaut number one, Venom number 28, Death Metal, Speed Metal number one, and Deceased Hope at World End number 10. So we'll start with Juggernaut, who uh, is now the newest employee of Damage Control, which makes a ton of sense to me. Uh, while helping out Marvel's number one cleaning crew, the Juggernaut runs into some kids who just want to be left alone. The kid with the dumbest code name, D Cell, says she isn't a mutant, but she totally is. She gets hurt by falling debris while trying to stop the Juggernaut and takes her to the hospital and offers her to take, he offers to take her to Krakoa. Dude, she's not a mutant, even though she totally is. Uh, turns out she has a YouTube, I mean a Rocks Tube channel that has a million views for her fight with Juggernaut. And one of her subscribers gave us the preview for the next issue, The Hulk versus Juggernaut. Oh yeah, there's a flashback with skinny AF Kane Marco stuck in limbo. What did everyone think?
4: I love when there's um some sort of social piece of shit instagrammer that comes around and is supposed to be cool and interesting but you just (laughs) want her to die i i i hey if you're listening and you're on tiktok i want to kill you
0: (laughs) wouldn't it be amazing if youtube also had like an energy company slash like evil corporation that like hunted down people like <laughs> it's so weird that there's like one company that does everything. Halliburton,
1: Halliburton PepsiCo, whatever it's called in the Jack Horseman. Yeah,
4: Roxanne started Roxy. out as just an evil gas company in in the comics and now it's taken over everything. Yeah, yeah. So guess, it's called Shell. I mean it's not gel.
2: super off from the dystopia that we'll I mean, be in in about Exxon. ten years, but I'm kidding. Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> These kids love evil corporations telling them what to do. Right.
3: This re- it truly was just a I-don't-really-care issue. Um, nothing really happened. They were trying to humanize Juggernaut in some sort of way by, like, befriending some girl. Oh. Some, a random some girl. That's all you can ever say about her. And then the only thing that got me excited for this entire issue was, like, he's going to fight the Hulk, and it didn't make make, <laughs> me, make me want to read that issue. It just made me want to read Immortal Hulk because that is actually a great series that I would love to. I'm reading more of it tonight, honestly, because that just yeah. got me more hyped for that. Because mm-hmm. that's the only thing I felt from this issue, I felt nothing. Kaelin,
1: yeah, the the issue moved way too quickly for a three ninety nine comic book. Um, I will say some of the dialogue wasn't bad. Fabian Isieza is no stranger to comics. He wrote the X-Men in the 90s. He wrote a great cable Deadpool series in the aughts. Uh, But the thing that I loved most about this comic, because I don't want to just be negative, is the art. Ron Garney is a phenomenal artist. And every time I see his art, I think it just gets better and better. And he's been working in comics since like the 80s or 70s. So like he is a veteran. uh, And he is just underrated. Um, So it looked beautiful. But it was a very slight issue to your point, Ryan. It moved way too quickly. And I just... Didn't really care too much.
4: Yeah. So Any other thoughts? What was going on with him dragging his his armor around? Was that remember they said year like a, two months ago? Was that weirdly fucking up the dates and it was Matt Fraction stuff? Where because he because he, he talked about the fact
1: that that Matthew Rosenberg, Rosenberg Illyana had enough. taken was, had, had taken Rosem- his yeah. Okay. It was Rosenberg. I was yeah.
3: so confused. But but it was so not featured as a main plot point in even no. that run that so it yeah. feels
1: very forced right now. It I does. Yeah. It just I, that's I, a I very wanted baby. to like this.
3: I wanted to. I, did too.
4: Yeah. I don't I yeah. don't know. I it made me dehumanize him because anyone who wants to be friends with a YouTuber is, is as bad as one. <laughs> <laughs> We say
2: as we record a podcast that we want people to love. Um, um, Clark, when are you starting your TikTok, by
1: the way? Unrelated. Oh, it's going to be so boring. Do. Amazing. All right, let's move on. Uh, Venom number 28, you've still got Eddie and Dylan uh, are stuck in a future where most of the heroes and villains are Venomized. Codex, the ruler of this world, has virus. the Iron Man, Green Goblin, Venom mashup from previous issues. He's got him as his hostage. Eddie has a lovely union with Anne, his dead wife, from his timeline. And of course, she's the Venom in this future because Eddie killed himself in her timeline before the symbiote got to him. Eddie joins uh, Anne's cabal, which includes a crazy, hippie, Grateful Dead listening, pot-smoking Reed Richards. And we find out that Codex, the big bad, is the Dylan of this timeline. What did everyone think?
4: I like the fact that we have an alternate universe where everyone means something and it's not just hey on this team is like randomly going to be wolverine for some reason because he's cool i don't know it just seemed very smart and you feel like you're inhabiting the world without only having been like an issue and a half of it
0: yeah brent Brent? story wise i agree it's important to have the things that matter in your story (laughs) but like i had this nagging (laughs) The difference in this universe is that Eddie killed himself like is there like a multiverse multiverse or is there only a multiverse for like superheroes like (laughs) superheroes that matter in this world or is there like is it like Rick and Morty you know what I mean.
1: I mean, so there is been... a multiverse. Yeah, there is a multiverse in the Marvel Universe. And, um, you know, the incursions that happened in Jonathan Hickman's New Avengers and Avengers, that sort of dealt with that to a certain degree. That's why it's called Earth 616. But for the purpose of this storyline, don't think about it too much. It just Go is ahead. another future. And just you just move on. And OK, like this is just a plot point And we're just going to deal with it. If you think about the mechanics, it all starts falling apart.
0: Uh, sure. But I... I uh i do like the idea that like this universe is like fuck you there are eight people who matter and we're gonna have like 10 different versions of them uh everyone else can go fuck off we hope you die in a collapsing building
4: well remember how i show that picture once in a while of of Forge's world in that six six episode issue run of jason aaron's um exiles where they 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 show baby like the if you go back in time and kill baby Hitler, would you change the world? Would you do it? You do it every and Christmas. Then, and Forge was like, and then he's like, what about if it, what about if it was Gandhi? And then he wants to punch baby Gandhi in the face. So that is, so whatever that yeah. world is changed, not because of superheroes, it's because of yeah. real world politics. Yeah. Yeah, no, I. I mean, I think it does make
2: sense that a, I was going to say symbiote, uh, as Jenny Slate once taught me. Um, no, <laughs> no, no, no. That it was I, something like that could easily take over the universe kind of idea. Like, I, you know, I, I was like, it's going to get really morbid. because I think, I think, like, If any of us, like, just died tomorrow, like, the world would move on. Whereas, like, if you killed yourself with, like, a giant mutant that was supposed to take you over, decided to take over more people or do other things and no one was there to stop them or teach them how to love, like... Eddie and Venom have obviously done over the the years. I think it could easily uh, spiral out of control, but I agree with you overall that it is always funny how it is, everything a superhero does has the world's largest butterfly effect. (laughs) It's more like a Mothra effect on the universe, Uh, Ryan.
3: This was one of the least offensive alternate realities that we've been to. And if you've been reading Marvel comics DC Comics anything really through the years like there's a shit ton this this felt okay enough and so one of the things that happens on the internet every time we go to another re- another reality is will one of these characters potentially go to the 616 everyone talks about it all the time like who would you want blah 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 and my personal vote without a doubt not Venom's girlfriend may she may she no. rest may she rest it is definitely insane crazy Reed Richards just yeah. like uh, <laughs> we- wearing the maker's mask just like goes into you mean, the six you six mean six Doc six. Brown Reed Richards <laughs> a thousand yeah exactly yeah Rick and Morty doesn't know yeah uh, well, I, I
4: mean,
1: friendly Taylor, weirdo
4: serial killer Cletus Cassidy that would uh, be fun too
1: Well, it's so funny you mentioned uh, Rick and Morty and as another, like, uh, Reed Richards, because I'm convinced that the Council of Ricks was based on the Council of Reeds from Hickman's Fantastic Four, which is, like, one of my favorite, like, things that he did. It's, like, you've got all these different Reed Richards, including, like, a Doctor Doom Reed Richards, a businessman kingpin-type Reed Richards, (laughs) one that's got the Infinity Gauntlet, all trying to work together to, like, solve a problem. Um, And it's clear... Like, that's a big part of it. And, like, bringing in Grateful Dead listening, pot smoking. I mean, I could smell him from the page. Like, you knew that he smelled like patchouli and weed. Uh, And I want him in the 616, right? Oh, a
3: thousand. I was just
0: going to make a stupid joke.
3: I would love to hear it.
0: Uh, On that that council, is there a kinky Reed Richards breed Richards? (laughs) Oh, no. Fine, yeah.
4: I mean, they all died except for four of them. So I don't think those four were... Any of breeding. Kinky. My favorite,
2: though, is if you read um, if, you, <laughs> they if you read him. I <laughs> mean, well, if you
4: they were reproducing. Although they weren't.
2: Last name, first name, he'd be Dick Breed, which I'm. None either. of the
4: other reads <laughs> had
1: children and family, and that's why they turned bad. Uh, Brent just wants a seed, Richard, so let's move on. Um, so uh, DC metal, speed metal number one, a lot of metal, one comic book, for speedsters. And that's really is Wally West's show. And the comic recaps his, reappear- his reappearance in Rebirth uh, from four years ago, Heroes in Crisis, Flash Forward, and yes, even Death Metal. Wally leads the other Flashes, including Barry Allen, Jay Garrick, and the Kid Flash from New 52, also known as Wally West, don't ask, uh, into a race slash fight against the Batman who laughs Black Flashes. During the fight, they all get fashion upgrades or downgrades, depending on, on your point of view, and Wally gets reunited with his pre New 52 supporting cast. The issue ends with the flashes running towards us, and it's going to be continued in the fourth issue of Death Metal. Brent?
0: Can I just describe 40% of the text in um, three words? Fast, speed force. (laughs) They literally said that. It was the Rudy Giuliani noun verb speed force. Like... Got it. You guys are going to break the Speed Force. Just like do something else other than talk about the fucking Speed Force.
2: It uh, it wasn't the strongest, and I actually read uh, Heroes in Crisis um, beforehand, and I still don't fully understand what the fuck is going on because I don't stay in DC as much as I should. But I would agree that the overall issue. I think there was like a fun, I think a lot of the conversation between uh, Wally and Barry was really great, um, but I feel like. I mean, this is, I feel stupid for saying this, but, like, comics are very soap opera-esque, but I have, like, I feel like I've read so many comics where that ex- same exact exchange is constantly happening for these characters, and it, it almost feels like, sadly, it's stuck in first gear, um, which is a terrible pun, but I, like, wanted to make it because I just don't understand the How characters. Like, it just feels off. <laughs> like, they're always constantly having the same exact arguments. Kayla?
1: Um, yeah, this issue um, was a little bit of a dud uh, considering like it got really good reviews. But the only reason I have any affection for it is because I love the character of Wally West, yeah. the original Wally West, because um, he was the hero that took on the mantle of his mentor. Barry Allen died in the original Crisis on Infinite Earths, Wally West becomes... The Flash and he's not great at it at first. They do a really good job of saying he's kind of a dick. He has to live up in his mentor shadow and he doesn't always do it. And in the 90s, um, when this comic was being published, they really kind of dealt with him, you know, becoming his own hero and like getting away from the shadow of Barry Allen. And so that reminded me of like how much I love the character um, and like the interaction with his wife and his kids who are no longer in continuity. I mean, DC just, you know, we've talked about this many times in this podcast. They've just sort of fucked up their continuity. So just seeing Barry in a leading role where he's not killing other characters uh, put a smile on my face. But it did feel very like, okay, ho-hum. It felt very linear. It didn't really give me more than I needed to know on Death Metal, a miniseries that I am actually liking very much. Um, So just kind of a a miss for me. Uh, Moving on, our last comic. Also in DC, it's DC's Hope at World's End, number 10. This is, of course, the miniseries that's digital only that fills in the gaps of the original DC series. So uh, the heroes try to help a bunch of refugees get to Nantucket Island for some reason, which is a processing area before they get to the Gotham Garden. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, they do. Um, And it's a processing area before they get to the Gotham Garden. The sanctuary is set up by Poison Ivy in previous issues. Black Manta shows up. Talia al-Ghul wants to behead him. Uh, and the anti-living army led by Black Adam and Hawkman show up, a fight ensues, and a giant-sized atom Smasher gets turned, which means that things are about to get a lot worse in the next issue.
2: There's not much to say here that I don't think has already been said. This is going to be a phenomenal compendium of every single comic in chronological order. Um, for right now, it's always just, it's too too little, and it already happened as a prequel series, so it's like... I did think the issue overall was very fun in terms of character dynamics. I think Talia was very cool. I love the Adam Smasher transformation. It was like, really, again, Tom Taylor never disappoints me in terms of his writing. It's just, it's so tough to digest these comics on a
0: issue by issue basis, Brent. It to me just seemed like this could have been two pages. (laughs) And it was. The gang goes to Nantucket and then Adam Smasher gets really big. (laughs) Right?
3: I I did enjoy that someone got scolded for being on their phone too much. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but, but, <laughs> yeah, but but that is literally just me getting older, reading these comics. So I'm like, well, I need to look at myself. It, it was not how about do we comic include a
0: COVID element?
3: Well, yes, well, yeah, well,
2: exactly.
0: Who
3: are we at at this point? Yeah, is is the virus in the DC universe the virus we're going through right now? I was I was looking greater. I mean, f-
1: Look at our president. We're all monsters, right?
2: <laughs> My, the only thing I do really like about the anti-life equation is just like, no matter what, once you get it, you gotta fucking tear your face off. Like I just like, I mean, I get it. You go crazy, but do you, is it like the horror like of the world is so
1: re-veal re-veal. bad It's because it, Adam. It's it it because
0: the anti-life equation forces you to do math as an adult, and people just want to rip off their own flesh. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're like, now you have to do your own taxes and you can't hire anybody. Yes! There's, there's
2: actually <laughs> I'll there's kill. a
0: missing I'll kill you all.
2: There's actually a missing frame from that woman from the Spanish soap opera attempting to do math, that like very famous gif is where she just yeah. ripped off her face. And we're like, yeah. I'm not Julia Roberts.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought you meant the one who, who beats that woman in the wheelchair a lot.
2: Wow! No, oh, nothing. No. Yeah, <laughs> the guest,
1: different meme. Yeah, that the guest is Spanish too. woman. I know. Where oh my she god! three people. Yeah, that one's good. <laughs> okay. So uh, that's been the issues, um, and I'll turn it back over to Brent.
0: So be sure to check out uh, our reviews of the Ten of Swords storyline on our Crossing Swords series. And thanks for listening to the regular episode, which will always be the issue number with a point .5 at the end and our classic logo. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram at Homo Superior Podcast, Twitter at Homo Superior X. We've been Homo Superior, the only home for lost, neglected puppets. Uh, Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.